Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms, including the one that you're listening to this podcast on and also available on Patreon. But speaking of Football Function, really quickly before I introduce John, uh, Detroit Kyle was actually on Football Function this week. Okay. I, I, I interviewed him, so a listener of the WWE Podcast. We talked about his fandom of the Detroit Lions and just the overall experience of what it's like being a Detroit Lions fan living in Detroit. It was actually a very good conversation, so... If you're a football fan, definitely go check that out. And also, tomorrow, Sunday the 17th, I have casual wrestling fan booked to talk about the Patriots. Dang. So, some familiar voices uh, are going to be making appearances, a little bit of a crossover. So, shout out to Detroit Kyle. Shout out to casual wrestling fan for coming over. Also got some other... um, prospects in uh that are in discussion you know trying to book the right time and all that stuff but gotcha shameless plugs out of the way uh joining me on today's episode to cover the smackdown that aired on july 15th 2022 from orlando florida in the amway center which was the original home of the thunderdome michael cole pointed that out but obviously a pretty big and uh you can call it a special arena for the wwe because the pandemic was a big time obviously but without getting any further into that john carrasco at Big Speaker, B-I-G-G underscore speaker on Twitter if you want to go follow him there. Thank you so much for joining me. How you doing? Uh, coming to you on a Saturday morning. Unusual for us. We usually record on a Friday night, but, you know, I mean, it was a late night for us. So we weren't able to do that. We come here on a Saturday morning, and we look to provide a pretty good show for the guys and girls who are going to be listening to the SmackDown Review. But how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. And it's, uh, you know, always a uh, good day whenever we're in the studio and everything like that. Yeah, so... Definitely want to give you a shout out. Thank you for having me here. You know, like we said, I know it's kind of a weird thing that it's on a Saturday, but we're just rolling through it, trying to get it to bet or get the content out to y'all as fast as we can, I guess you could yeah. say. But yeah, man, not, I wasn't too excited for this episode, but uh, I'm happy to break it down. Yeah, for sure. It's one, it was one of those 
you can call it a stinker. You know, you can yeah. call it what it is. You know, I'm not like poo pooing on it. You know, I mean, oh, no, it no. is what it is. You know, we know that it. You're not always gonna get a banger. It's the mm-hmm. same thing in podcast world. Like we record on one take. We don't do this and sit here and do multiple takes. I mean, yeah, there's some editing every now and then. You'll see an, an F word, and I'll say an F word that has to get kind of <laughs> clipped out every now and then. But uh-huh. other than that, we're sitting here on first take, so we are going to just you know roll through this and talk about this SmackDown. But the reason why I compare that is because, like you mentioned, it's not a banger. Sometimes episodes of podcasts aren't bangers, and you got to just roll through it. Hey, and we, that's kind of we, we make the show better. Yeah, we do. We do. We, we're, we're definitely going to provide a little bit of a different perspective to this episode of SmackDown because, I mean, there were some good things that happened. It wasn't just completely a you know a dud, I mm-hmm. guess, so to speak. I mean, it opened with Pat McAfee. You, know, yeah. you really can't true, true. ask for anything better as far as we go, being you know huge Pat fans. I know typically they open with the Bloodline, and every now and then maybe open with the Women's Champion, whatever it was formerly Charlotte. But now they're opening with Pat McAfee, and I guess we can go and just roll in, talk about that. Uh, Michael Cole is actually the one who welcomes him. He comes out and he does what you would expect. I mean, the reason why he wasn't out or available last week, storyline-wise, is because of the attack that Happy Corbin put on him after Money in the Bank in Las Vegas. Was it Money in the Bank in Las Vegas? I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he went to that UFC event with Triple H and Stephanie afterwards. But anyways, he talks about why he wasn't here. I mean, his neck wasn't, you know, fractured or anything like that. It was just merely bruised. So luckily he got away with, you know, no injuries or anything like that. But, you know, it just talks about Corbin and how he knows him or he's known him way longer than any of us. And this is something that we, something that we've mentioned uh, before Pat McAfee was ever involved in the WWE. I, I was a huge Pat McAfee show fan. Like I listened to the Pat McAfee show. You know this. I've been listening to it since about 2017, I believe it was. And he always referenced this because Corbin was already in WWE and he was just talking. Yeah, I mean, Baron Corbin, when, whenever he was known as like the lone wolf and all that stuff and NXT and then eventually came up to SmackDown Live before it was called SmackDown, which is just a whole nother conversation. Well, I mean, it was called SmackDown first, went to SmackDown Live. They eventually went back, but I was huge on, hey, stop calling it SmackDown Live. I was very much like, you you know how I am with the blue ropes? Mm -hmm. During the SmackDown Live era, I was very much an advocate for chopping off that live portion, just getting back to SmackDown. So thankfully they did that whenever they went back to Fox. That was the the I guess the moment in time where it officially went from SmackDown Live to SmackDown, but that's a whole nother story. Back to Baron Corbin. Him and Pat McAfee, Pat has always referenced their connection and how they were roommates and you know they played for the Colts together. And Baron Corbin went on Pat McAfee's show years and years ago. So we know their relationship and how they're actually friends in real life. But that's what makes these programs so good. That's what makes Drew McIntyre and Sheamus such a good fight. That's what makes uh Sheamus and Cesaro whenever they would have programs such a good fight. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Bailey and Sasha Banks, friends work well together. And I feel like we're actually going to get a chance to see that with Pat McAfee because he's had matches in the past and every single match that he has is better than the one before it. So now that he's going to work with somebody who he's not only comfortable with as a person, has history with, he mentioned they were roommates their rookie year and with the Indianapolis Colts, but he's also probably working with them a lot more than what he worked with Theory, you know, leading up to their match at WrestleMania, working with him more than he was working with Adam Cole leading up to their program that they had. So I do think that this is going to be his best match at SummerSlam. I'm really excited for it. But just this program that he was, you know, that he was talking about, or I guess the promo, I should say. Um, it was damn good stuff. You know, he got the crowd involved. He referenced TV 14, which huge news right there. The WWE, for sure Raw on the USA Network, 
is going back to TV 14. I mean, this is massive. Like, I, I can't express enough how big this is because the overall product is going to be better. And it's nothing about the kids. You know, it's nothing against the kids. I was a kid watching TV 14 wrestling. And there's a reason why the, the fans from our era back then are so passionate because the wrestling was so good. And I do think that the writing staff has a lot more of a leash. They have a lot more leeway, I guess I should say, whenever it comes to writing for TV 14 rather than PG 13. So, I mean, it's, it's good stuff in my opinion. I, I'm really excited for this. I'm sure there are people who feel opposite who are like, no, I mean, I have kids who watch this, so I would, you know, prefer there to not be TV 14, but I'm sorry um, to have your kids go watch Coco Melon, if that's how you feel, honestly, because we're trying to watch wrestling here, professional wrestling, and TV 14 is overall a better product. So that's something that I hope SmackDown follows and can go to TV 14 as well. But what do you think about that, just knowing that it's basically going to be a lot more of an edgy product? Well, I'm definitely not mad at it, I mean, just because like you were saying, it brings like so much more content that you can actually draw crowds in with you know so i mean i guarantee it's it's gonna pop you know so i'm i'm happy for it uh i do want to say that i am happy that freaking pat mcfee addressed Corey graves yeah a little damper on the show last week i don't know that was pretty high on my book just from you know yeah. hearing it and stuff but yeah he man, apologized yeah to the crowd yeah. yeah but yeah i mean yeah i mean it definitely gives like a little bit of excitement to like the whole like up and coming you know for everybody else that's you know in the yeah. program right now so yeah it'll be exciting yeah it, I mean, it is exciting because it just lets you know that like what can you expect going mm -hmm. forward you know like what kind of programs are we going to see like what kind of storylines are we going to see like we don't have to go on to the like back to where divas are having like the bra and panties matches or anything like that but i'm sure that there is going to be a little bit of like a a little bit more of like a i don't know Oh yeah, Becky Lynch. She's definitely gonna take advantage of this. Yeah, be yeah. Be Becky, Becky is Carmella. Are you kidding me? Oh, Carmella is going that. to, without a doubt, be taking advantage of this type of stuff. I mean, you're going to want to, you know, show off your goods if there, you're. There, uh, I mean, there, there might be a chance of one of those brown paint matches. Yeah, eventually, you know, who knows? It might might make its return. Obviously, if you played WWE SmackDown, here comes the pain. One of my favorite video games back on PS2. That was a very commonly used match. Mm. That that match was actually on the game. <laughs> For uh, for people to use, so that's, uh, that's just crazy how far times have actually come. But, anyways, Baron Corbin does eventually getting back to the uh, the segment on the show. Baron Corbin does eventually interrupt Pat, and he basically just discredits Pat as a fighter. He says, "You're a, you are somebody who just runs your mouth all the time. You are somebody who used to punt footballs. Like I was actually an offensive lineman. I played football. I'm an actual fighter as somebody who has a boxing background and somebody who's been a full time wrestler for the better part of like seven or eight years now." So he does have points, you know, he discredits Pat by saying, Hey, like I get it. You know, you're a moneymaker. You're an absolute draw whenever it comes to like box office, but you don't want to step in those ropes with me because I will humiliate you. And that's pretty much the point that Baron Corbin was trying to make. And that's why I'm looking forward to this because it does get interesting, but he just basically says, Hey, I'm looking forward to SummerSlam whenever I kick your ass. You know, it's kind of just a little bit of like promotion, getting people uh, pumped up two weeks from today when we're recording this is whenever SummerSlam, but Pat McAfee does introduce Liv Morgan after this, which leads us into our next segment, Liv Morgan versus Natalia in a championship contenders match. Liv does win with an oblivion after rattling Natalia by making her collide head first into the turnbuckle. Um, boring match. I, I will say I'm a fan of both of these women respectively, like individually. I've I'm a big Natty fan. 
got a picture with her, eventually switched over to being a huge Liv Morgan fan, as you and a lot of the listeners know. Um, but, man, I just, I got to call a spade a spade. This match was an absolute snooze fest. Um, I could definitely have put down a couple pizza lunchables during this one for sure. Kayla Braxton taking a shot at Liv Morgan after the match was actually the most interesting thing because it got to, you know, you got to see a little bit of a dig there. She was like, hey, mm-hmm. this match wasn't as dominant as your previous one. What's the deal? You're, you know, letting Natalia hang on close. What do you think is going to happen at SummerSlam whenever you go face-to-face with Ronda Rousey where Liv Morgan points out, I know I'm the underdog in my own, you know, championship match. So what do you think about this segment as a whole? Well, as a whole, man, I was not impressed. I mean, I'm sorry, Liv. I love you and everything, but... Yeah, th- this this wasn't it for me. It just kind of seemed like it was like a practice match, you know, like they were still trying to get like the moves together and it, it just doesn't didn't seem smooth, you know. So, yeah, th- this one was a thumbs down for me. I wasn't too happy, but I mean, I'm kind of happy that she kind of, you know, she still backs herself with the words that she, st- uh, you know, how Kayla Braxton kind of took a shot and stuff. But she's still trying to like, like show us that she's still trying to be this champion that we want her to be, you know? So, I mean, I'm not mad at it at all, but I think just the in-ring performance needs to get tweaked just a little bit better for me to, like, at least believe that she's the champion. It just needs to look a little bit more Rey Mysterio and a little bit less Dominic Mysterio. And I'm not saying that you have to be a Hall of Famer, the best luchador of all time. Mm -hmm. Just don't look so green like Dominic does Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. And, I mean... Dominic isn't going anywhere near the championship. That's the right. thing about Liv. She's the women's champion. Mm-hmm. So the expectations are a lot higher than Dominic Mysterio. So she has to be a little bit more crisp. Um, without a doubt, that's just, you know, objectively something that she has to improve on. Just part of me thinks that this championship reign isn't going to be long, man. I, I don't know why. It's just I feel like there are a, a huge portion of the fans that are behind her. Mm-hmm. But there's only so much you can do. And... Like, it almost takes me back. I know that you you might not remember this time, but Randy Orton, whenever he first won the World Heavyweight Championship at, like, 22 years old, 22, 23 years old, from Chris Benoit, he took the championship from him. People thought, okay, the fans are, are getting behind this dude. He's young. I mean, it's for different reasons why he lost that championship so short. He only had it for, like, a month, and then he lost it to Triple H. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, and that, that, was, that was a summer program, I believe. It, and so... This is a summer program. I feel like it just has a little bit of that stench where I think that they gave Liv a chance. See, with Randy Orton, he mm-hmm. just wasn't mature enough. He was, you know, being a, a knucklehead, to you know, to say the least. Liv Morgan, it's just, I don't know if she's ready, you yeah. know? And, that, and that's the thing is, if she's not ready now, like, I know she's still young, but she's been in this business for a while. You know, it's like, is she ever going to be that top notch? Is she ever going to be that high level wrestler where you know that she's a respectable champion and she doesn't look so vulnerable? Whereas somebody who like Ronda Rousey, you're like, how in the hell is Liv going to win? You know that, that that's the way. That's how I'm looking at it because just squaring up in the ring, both of them fresh, not coming off of a match where you you know were in a submission match with Natalia pretty much, fresh as hell. Liv Morgan's not beating Ronda Rousey, you know, and I'm a Liv Morgan fan and I can just come out and say she's not going to beat Ronda Rousey like that. But if she does somehow, they have to make it, they have to book it correctly because it has to look believable and Liv has to use that as a springboard, you know, like she can't Mm -hmm. go out and beat Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam, one of the big four pay-per-views of the year, and then have a stinker versus Natalya on SmackDown, you know, like she has to be more consistent with her performances because we've seen her do it. 
She's shown flashes that she can put on a hell of a match. But there's also just been times where it's like, come on, Liv, you know, you got you to pick it up a little bit. But it's just one of the things, you know, looking at it from, uh, from an objective point of view, putting the bias aside, I'm, I'm loving her as champion. But I will be honest, the honeymoon phase is over for me. Like, I'm, I'm over the just pure excitement, like, screw it, I don't care what happens. Like, eventually you have to care what happens and what the actual championship reign looks like. So I am excited to see... Um, how things move forward with uh, Liv Morgan's championship reign and, you know, ultimately what happens at SummerSlam. But moving on here, Austin Theory and Heyman have a little bit of a backstage interaction. Uh, Sarah, she's interviewing Austin Theory, and, of course, Paul Heyman walks up. And I I like when he does this, like whenever somebody is there literally doing the job that they're getting paid to do and just walks up and kind of just says, get out of the way, you know, let me take the interview from here pretty much. And that's exactly what he does. He tries to pitch to Theory the box office opportunity that would be in front of him if he doesn't cash in at SummerSlam. Like, if he just holds onto the briefcase, doesn't do that, and actually builds up a program with Roman Reigns, the money and, uh, you know, the stage and the program that that could set up, it could ultimately be the biggest moment of his career. And, you know, Theory basically just doubles down by saying that he will, in fact, cash in at SummerSlam on either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar, and maybe whenever he does he'll hire Paul Heyman as his special counsel. That was weird. Him saying that and walking away, it felt a little bit more like a, like, usually, you know, those backstage interviews, I don't always comment on those. I don't always put them in the notes. But this felt like something like my brain, my gut, something was telling me, remember this, write it down. Like, because this is something that's going to come back. Austin Theory is way too young, way too talented to not have multiple main event programs in the future. And that's something that Paul Heyman, I mean, Roman Re- Paul Heyman is going to outlast Roman Reigns, as crazy as that is to say here in WWE. Paul Heyman is going to be the manager of somebody or the advocate for somebody for years and years to come. I truly believe that. Roman Reigns is on the, you know, he's on the back nine. You know, Roman Reigns has definitely got less days ahead of him than behind him, clearly. But, I mean, I just personally feel like Paul Heyman and Austin Theory is a pairing that not only makes sense from like a business standpoint, even though Austin Theory really doesn't need a, a mouthpiece. He's pretty damn good on the mic for how young he is, I will say. But I just feel like there's something happened. Like something came over me whenever I watched this, when I was watching the segment, and it told me, don't just you know push this to the side because it does. It's going to come into play. I don't know when, but I truly believe that down the road, this is going to come into, uh, come into effect. Well, I mean, the one thing I could say about this is – the way, like, Austin Theory was like, huh, 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 and, like, walking away. I don't know, bro. Like, that that was something that just kind of, like, caught my ear, you know. I, I wouldn't say, like, I took it as far as you did. But, I mean, maybe there's something there, you know, something that I'm not picking up on. And maybe there's something, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely uh, kind of want to say I'm on the line with you on that. But then again, I – I think Austin Theory is pretty good by himself. I'm interested, to say the least. This, uh, I was not high on Theory winning the Money in the Bank briefcase whenever it happened. Oh, no. But as time is going on, I'm realizing that it was the right decision. Just because, all right, look, you put it on Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins can go cash in. He's done that before. As cool as it would have been, and I did. I predicted it to happen, and I was flat out wrong. I said Seth Rollins is going to cash in at SummerSlam against Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. History is going to repeat itself. I will admit, I was way off on that. But it's fine because the, the decision that they made, <coughs> excuse me, was pretty 
was pretty interesting just strictly because the prospect of Austin Theory, like the, the Money in the Bank brief, briefcase, as Matt mentioned several times, is made, tailor-made for a heel. But you can kind of float that line because throughout the show, like, I was curious, is Austin Theory turning babyface? Just because of this, like like talking about, because Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, I feel like that's kind of a little bit of like a heel on heel right there. Like it, just something about it, because Brock Lesnar isn't a babyface. I know he's cowboy Brock, but I mean, I showed you a video before we recorded this. Brock Lesnar is not a babyface. I don't care like what he's doing, but anyways, and even if he is, you know, uh, Austin Theory just... It doesn't really matter for him because he's basically said, I don't care who wins. I'm cashing in on them. But even at the end of the show, whenever he was like going face to face with Sami Zayn, and I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. We'll get to that segment and the Usos come out and all that stuff. Just in the, I guess, in the sense of Austin Theory being a possible babyface turn, like why would he be running from the Usos and Sami Zayn and all that stuff if he was a full on hill? So it's, that's just what's kind of weird. That's what kind of does you know, muddy up the waters with the money in the bank briefcase because you don't really know because, yeah, Hill's a champion. So technically, by default, Austin Theory going at him does make him a little bit of a babyface, but then whenever he runs back to Madcap, he runs into a, a true babyface, you know, and then he gets thrown into the side of the ring or whatever, and then I know we're going to cover this segment a little bit later, but pretty much what I'm saying is, like, it's weird, you know? Like, there's, in that in that one segment... I was like, is he a babyface? Oh, no, he's a heel, clearly. I mean, the crowd's cheering whenever Madcap beats his ass, you know? So, clearly, he's a heel. But it's just so confusing. And this segment definitely, I guess, every now and then you kind of just look back and you look at a, whether it's a backstage interview or, like, a segment or a match that kind of gets you interested in a program. And this is the one that did it for me. Like, this is the one that got me intrigued on what's going to happen with Austin Theory, specifically at SummerSlam. Well, I mean... I don't know, man. I, I I guess you can possibly say that, like, there's a Bayface turn because the only thing that I'm picking up on is that he didn't say, like, any of, like, the disrespectful stuff that he usually does yeah. to, like, fans and stuff. So. And is he dropping the selfie thing? That's another thing because I haven't seen that phone since, he, since he's really, I mean, since he inevitably won the briefcase mm-hmm. and he took a million selfies. That phone did not make an appearance tonight. I, I know on Raw – he he was taking was he? pictures whenever okay. he was like on that little and I could be thing. wrong on his entrance. He might have came out with his phone on, during his entrance, but I, I know I backstage so. he didn't. Uh, yeah, for this one. I don't, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that's one thing that I just like you just like talking about that. Like I was like he one thing he didn't say was like shut up. You know, like that normal thing whenever he's like talking to the fans and stuff like that. Yeah, I so, mean he did have heel tendencies in the match with madcap like whenever yeah. they started and they kind of locked up and then he you know got off and said i wasn't mm-hmm. ready you know like i was not ready and they kind of kept going i thought that was funny because he was clearly ready yeah. like he was wiping off his hands you know he was you know, putting his hands up and all that stuff and like mm-hmm. locked up with him and then he just ran and was hey i wasn't ready to go that was just kind of funny but we'll get to that main event yeah, a little yeah. bit later uh moving on here in order of the show new day have a little bit of like a viking raiders parody which was kind of funny you know came out there yeah. mocking them did you see the way that that fake beard was pulling on Xavier Woods' ears? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Jack, I could not do that. Did you like, see the uh, Kofi's freaking mustache falling off? Mm-mm. Not right. Oh. He, had to, like, he had to, like, put it back Kept, on. You know, putting it back on there. Oh, that's funny. Oh, but, uh, you know, basically all this was was, like, a long-winded way to call the Viking Raiders ugly. You know, they did the UGLY stuff, and then they eventually come out, have a little bit of, like, a, a heel promo saying they're going to go out there and kick their ass. They start walking to the ring. And then they're met by Jinder and Shanky, 
which I thought was kind of weird. Another heel baby face kind of floating in the middle because I've always, you know, looked at Jinder Mahal and Shanky, except for here lately, as like a full-on heel, you know? Same thing kind of with the Viking Raiders, although they've been baby faces in the past as well. So I just feel like there's kind of that, like, what are you? You know, like, are you a heel? Are you a baby face? There's a lot of that going on right now. And maybe it's just me. You know, people listening to this could be like, dude, you're smoking crack. You know, it's very obvious who's what. But I don't know what it is. Maybe I just put too much thought into it because I see people interact with certain people. And just whenever Ginger and Shanky came out and they stood in the way of the New Day from the Viking Raiders, like, did I miss something? Like, why Why did they do that? Why did they come out? Is there a match that I maybe missed in the past where something happened? I just thought it was weird. Like, why did Ginger and Shanky come out to protect the New Day whenever, you know, they've been having tag team matches? Shanky mm-hmm. and the New Day. You know, Ginger, Shanky versus the New Day. And I don't know. Maybe it was just something that again i'm putting too much thought into but i just really wasn't sure why they came out there well the only thing i can get is you know like how shanky has been doing his little dancing yeah he joins them for a quick one after this one as well and he's been doing his little i don't know with the new day and stuff like that so i don't know if like i thought gender mahal was about to dance last night Gender, oh, I did too. I don't know. At the very beginning, it looked like he was already starting like to groove his body in a way, and then he just stopped. You know, like completely went. Okay, let's get serious. They're gonna make the crowd want it, bro. Yeah. So I I don't know. I was kind of like on the edge right there. So that's the only reason I can see like they're like being in this and stuff like that. And of course, you know, New Day has been freaking getting squashed. I guess you could say by the Viking Raiders. So having a little bit of protection, you know. Not mad at it. I guess. Yeah. Good WGFW strategy. podcast with Kanye Twitty. He actually because their their eye pain stuff. He called them yeah. uh, My Chemical Romance Viking Raiders or something. It was hilarious. It was yeah. a hilarious comment. I will say so. Shout out to Kanye Twitty. That WTFW podcast this week. The episode with a casual wrestling fan and him going at it. Mm. That was an interesting and very uh, entertaining episode. Did you get to listen to that? I didn't listen. To that it one. is. It, it's not. it's pretty funny, man. Kanye West or Kanye West. Kanye Twitty does not hold back but dude casual wrestling fan he uh he lets him have it i will mm-hmm. say and it was one of those it was one of those one of those programs that's up there with uh i guess or programs i guess it's up there with the theory cashing in in my opinion like okay yeah mr casual wrestling fan and kanye twitty they definitely have a feud going on that's likely leading to a SummerSlam match hey man that's crazy i would not expect that you know yeah, i kind of figured they'd be like more of like a same head type thing but you know? Oh yeah, Some just people, so you like know, you said got to bump heads. You may have to uh, be joining Kanye Twitty's faction with me by default. What is happening? Just you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Go look at the Discord chat, bud. I got Some, you. some good stuff you. going on this week. But, well, uh, man, that yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, by default, the Blue Brand Brawlers might be having to go join Waste Management, controlling nice. all the trash. You know, taking nice. all the trash out. Yeah. So, anyways. Moving on here, we get an intense backstage interview with Ludwig Kaiser and Gunther. Uh, they say that losing is unacceptable, at least Gunther does. He says losing is unacceptable and it will not be tolerated. And in fact, he tells Ludwig to you know unzip and pull down his little you know long sleeve that he has on and mm-hmm. gives him a couple more chops. You can hear him all the way here in Texas from Orlando. So yeah, it was definitely a um, pretty good you know sign of authority from from gunther as far as hey 
Yeah, people were wondering why I did this last week. Well, guess what? I'm doing it a whole week later, and you didn't even lose tonight. You're still getting chops from that loss. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it'll make Ludwig's matches going forward more interesting mm -hmm. because, like, you're wondering, okay, if he doesn't win, what's going to happen with Gunther? And if he does win, cool, you know, because, I mean, I feel like Ludwig's pretty damn good in the ring. So, you know, either way, a pretty good backstage interview. There was a lot of backstage stuff that happened on this episode, and I feel like this was right. definitely up there. Was some of the best, but um, what do you think about those chops? Well, man, just by the reaction of Caleb Braxton, bro, that totally tells you like how how those chops are. I guess you could say, you know, because she she was in total shock, you know, no words or nothing like that, and for her to be like right there, yeah, I, I guarantee that thing was not nice. But then again, bro, I would hate to be humiliated or humiliated. Sorry. Like that on yeah. freaking TV every freaking time for, you know, a match that you denied, you know, type stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm just trying to back you up, I guess you could say. The public humiliation angle is always weird. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always one of the things where I'm like, how do you pitch that to them? Like, say, hey, on TV, you're basically going to look like, you know, a little, you know mm -hmm. what, you know? So mm -hmm. it's kind of... But, yeah, hey, if you're getting paid the big crazy. bucks, you'll do whatever, pretty much. I mean, Tony Storm took a pie to the face. That was inevitably or ultimately oh, yeah. her uh, last straw, I guess right you could there, say. Yeah. But, yeah, and there's a lot of other things that have happened in the past where it's like, yeah, you know, just pure embarrassment. They poured dog chili on Roman Reigns once. That is gross, bro. Or, like, dog food. I think it might have been. I don't know. It might have just been chili. I don't really know what it was. Because dog chili sounded weird as I said it. But I was about to say, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked like some, you know, ranch style beans or you know, something like that. Yeah. Just poured all over him. But anyways, moving on here. The match that we were supposed to get last week, it's advertised for this week. Lacey Evans versus Aaliyah. Wait, wait, wait. Were Lacey Evans and Aaliyah supposed to fight, fight last week? Or was that supposed to be like a tag match or something? I believe it was supposed to be a tag team. Yeah, but, I believe it was too. Actually, yeah. I can go back to my SmackDown notes from last week really quickly. I'll pull it up. One second. Yeah, it was Aaliyah and Lacey versus Shayna and Shotzi, and it yeah. doesn't happen because of Lacey Evans comes out. She goes back. She comes out. She goes back. That was so freaking annoying last week. And this week, she kind of does something similar, not nearly to that extent, but she basically demands that her music be stopped and started over because the crowd wasn't reacting properly. And, you know, she gets very welcome or welcome. You suck chance as she's, you know, trying to bury the crowd eventually tells them to go to hell and she leaves the ring very quick, uh, full on. Lacey Evans is a, you know, back to being a full blown hill, you know, because, you know, whenever those video packages were playing and she was giving us her sob story, mm -hmm. that had babyface written all over it. Somebody said online that they saw that she was booked as a babyface, but it's clear now what she is. Uh, going back to SmackDown, she is going to be one of the more consistent heels. And I feel like that's where she works best. Eventually, we will get this Aaliyah versus Lacey Evans match, but I, I don't know when. I mean, it's not something that I'm just, like, dying to see. But at the very least, Aaliyah has walked to the ring two weeks in a row to have a match, and she hasn't gotten to, you know? So let's mm -hmm. give her a match next week against, I don't know, maybe Shotzi or something. Yeah, I mean, they had their little backstage things whenever they're, like, locking each other in the locker room and everything. So I, I can kind of see that. But this Lacey Evans thing is, man, up. Like, I feel for her. I mean, I think she's thriving on the, the hate now. You know, she's kind of feeling, like, a little bit more comfortable in her row and everything. I mean, she but, takes massive shots at the crowd, dude. Bro, but... Not yeah, only that, yeah. she's like, yeah, if you guys had to do with anything that I had to deal with, y'all basically curl up into a ball and just start crying. It's like She's mm -hmm. like, she's not just saying that they're ugly. You know, she's yeah. basically, you know, calling that she's taking shots at, like, their character and stuff yeah. like that. So, 
Lacey yeah, Evans she's, definitely. She's definitely uh, I, I think she's doing better in this. Oh yeah, in this she plays position. this role but so well. The the only thing that I took like negative from this is that I, I believe the fans should have at least like gave her, you know, kind of put it all off, you know, because she apologized and she said that she or you know the American hero and. They still booed her. It was bro. so funny when Pat said that at the end. He was like, "This is actually one of the first times I've ever seen somebody say that they've served for our country and then immediately get uh, flooded with you sub chants." Bro, like that was hilarious. You know, I mean, I understand like the okay, maybe we're on TV. Let's go with like the, the script part of it. But I believe like okay, all seriousness, maybe at least half of the crowd, a third of the crowd, give her a round of applause. But I don't know. I think they just freaking beeped on her. I guess you yeah. could say, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was that was kind of t- kind of t- uh, like tough to watch. Yeah, to say you know. Oh, for sure, and that like just adding, you know, talking about that Pat McAfee comment that he made. Mm. He makes another one in the next segment that I'm going to talk about, but um, it's almost like The Office. You know, you have to pay real close attention. Pay, uh, play real close attention. Yeah. When you watch The Office, because there's so many subtle things that you can miss. Mm-hmm. You know, you could very easily miss like an, a look to camera. You know, like a. Uh, somebody's body language things that you know if you're not watching the tv you're, you're gonna miss it you know it's yeah. kind of like with with pat mcafee if you if you think that you can just go through a match and not listen to the commentary and just like not pay attention you're gonna miss something you know mm-hmm. that's something that you don't want to and that alone adds value to people staying like to stay tuned during matches that you might not stay tuned for you know previously or something like that it maybe just gives you that incentive to actually you know watch the entire show and I love that type of stuff because he has another one in the next match, which is Drew McIntyre versus Ridge. Supposed to be Sheamus, but it ends up being Ridge Holland. Kind of similar to what they did last week. Just switch the other brawling brute, I guess you can say. Um, it's funny because it, just surrounding the ring and in the ring, you had Drew McIntyre, Ridge Holland, Butch, and Sheamus. And Pat said, oh my gosh, there's so many accents going on right now. Just because all of them out there, like with Drew's accent, Seamus, is everybody a different one. And I actually thought about it. I was like, that is such a hilarious thing to say. Like, it's just beautiful. I I love that stuff. Chef's kiss. I love that. But anyways, Drew McIntyre hits a white noise, which is Seamus' move, followed by a claymore to put Ridge away. And eventually we are going to get Drew versus Seamus. But as far as him just walking all over Ridge, what do you think about this match? Well, basically from the beginning, like once it was announced, you we knew how this match was going to go. You know, the only like thing that I was thinking about was Ridge's performance. You know, hopefully he doesn't hurt another big name or anything like that. So that 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 was my only negative that I was thinking when, especially whenever he like, I don't know what he did, like the little power bomb or whatever. Yeah, he he held his neck like good this time. I guess you could say to where he wouldn't land on. It. You know, I, I kind of noticed that, but. Yeah, man, I was kind of shaking my boots right there, I guess you could say, whenever that happened. Yeah, and that reference he just made gives us a good opportunity to give a shout-out to Big E, who received the news True. that he is going to make True. a full recovery and get to come back and wrestle again, which was in question, believe mm-hmm. it or not. People really weren't 100% sure, and it is that simple. Um, the A&E uh, documentaries that we've been watching, for we finished The Undertaker, one, me and my roommate. Mm-hmm. It Two hours long, 100% worth it, though, Uh Undertaker talks about it. He's like, I was always two inches away from my career slash my life being over. Like he just talks about, and they even break down all the different injuries he's had. Like they literally put his body up and they just show like a graphic of the Undertaker standing there. And they highlight on his body, every surgery and every like procedure he's had done every time he like, he just, he says, 
thousands and thousands of stitches that he isn't even going to count more stitches that he, than he can yeah, count really. and that's not even counting like the surgery he had a hip replacement you know he's had so many things done literally like i forgot what the actual thing happened but both of his eyes like something happened to both of his eyes and that's on me for not knowing the actual medical term but hey little shout out if you haven't watched the things on a and e the little documentaries that they've been dropping once a week i believe it is every sunday at seven o'clock central time so eight o'clock if you're eastern time zone um they're badass i think goldberg might be coming up this week and i know a lot of you might not be goldberg fans but guess what you can go take a freaking hike love goldberg and i'm uh, definitely going to be uh, watching his documentary as well but um yeah he just talks about how you're always two inches away from you know a completely different life in this mm-hmm. business and Big E kind of saw that and the fact that he's going to make a full return full comeback that's going to be a um a pretty big ending to this whole you know saga with Ridge and you know Big E's ending ending and you know pun intended with the whole big ending but hopefully he has a new move we'll talk about that whenever he comes back but anyways um we can go ahead and move on to this next match Madcap versus Theory Heyman does approach Madcap and pitches the word for word exact same thing almost um not not the exact same thing, but he says, hey, I'm responsible for your biggest break in your career, and I know that you know that I know that you know. And, you know, it's basically the same thing, but a little bit different. He has to tweak it because he isn't the money in the bank briefcase holder. He's basically, you know, just telling Madcap to beat the hell out of Austin Theory. And uh, Madcap says, man, you really are worried about if somebody's going to cash in a SummerSlam, aren't you? Maybe putting a little bit of fear into uh, the special counsel for the tribal chief but i'll let you take this one away what'd you think about this match between madcap and theory well this one basically right here was my match of the night oh yeah <clears throat> sorry i can't say there was like any neck or actually let me scratch that because there was yeah. there there was a negative to yeah, that there because was. i did want this to end in a just, one two three just a true finish yeah yeah I, I didn't like the the dq you know getting hit by the briefcase and everything like that but uh, other than that these men they Went at it. I mean, young dudes, I guess you could say. Again, you know? very clear heel thing to do is hit with the briefcase. So it's another sign that, hey, not a babyface turn yet. But, yeah, for sure, continue. Gotcha, gotcha. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just felt like they put on a good performance, you know. And I, I wasn't mad at it, you know. So, I mean, I like where Madcap is and, like, the position, you know, feuding with uh, Theory because it keeps them relevant, you know. kind of keeps them in this, like, money in the bank thing. And, yeah. then, of course, Paul Heyman's trying to. Like convince him to do stuff, so you never know, man. They're, 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 I guess there's a lot of ways to interact yourself with the bloodline, you know, and especially in this little uh, story. Yeah, without a doubt. And you know, obviously, after the match ends with the disqualification, Sami Zayn comes out and he basically calls Austin Theory, uh, calls him out for disrespecting the bloodline, basically just tells him to apologize right now. And he does not, but the Usos come out right behind him. And, uh, well, well, first off, Austin Theory is like, what are you going to do, huh, with one arm? What are you going to do if I don't apologize? And all of a sudden, the Usos music hit. And um, some other Usos come out, not just Sami Zayn. I know Sami Zayn's an Usos out there going by himself, but a couple other Usos come out to have his back. Obviously, one of them has a match next on the main event. We'll get to that. But um, the Usos come out, and they make Madcap run back to the ring where he's met by or theory they make theory run back to the ring where he's met by madcap sorry got a little bit ahead of myself there but uh yeah throws him into the post uh forgot what else he does maybe throws him over the turnbuckle or something like that or no 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 over the barricade 
Yeah, I know he throws him like head first into that. Yeah, that, in, into that, that was a little bit that ring post. from the Bobby Lashley one. So I couldn't yeah. really say. It was like more of like a head-on mm-hmm. direct yeah. type thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember he threw him into the ring post. I might have been taking notes and missed what he did next. But um, really quickly, we're going to do a, an episode next week on the SmackDown review where we're going to cover SmackDown. But this is a little bit of a plug. So if you're listening this week, you definitely want to tune in next week. Or if you listen this week, definitely tune in next week. John is actually just sharing about this for the first time. But what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth drafting. We're each going to have five. So it's basically it's going to be a little bit of a form of a top five, but not necessarily. And we're, it's basically going to be like buying the stock into someone. And the reason why I say that is because Austin Theory, Madcap Moss, two people who I expect to have a very big 2023, like the arrow 100% pointing up. These dudes are about to have a a push, in my personal opinion. So what me and you are going to do is we're going to go back and forth, and we're going to pick who we're going to buy the stock into. Can be a younger guy, could be an older guy, it doesn't really matter, but basically... We're going to go tit for tat and just, you know, I'll pick someone, you pick someone. Once we pick those that person, they are no longer available. And we'll see who has, you know, the more impressive, just top five as far as, you know, stock up, as I guess what we can call it. But a little bit of a plug there. You definitely are going to want to tune into that because I do expect Madcap in theory to be amongst the names that uh, we'll be talking about. Okay, on this, is it going to be just men's or all of them okay. women as well okay. and they're yeah and, and we're gonna throw them all into the same pool okay you know because there i feel like there's some women who are you know just as like look at bianca belair for crying out loud you know like mm-hmm. there's women who have a freaking high ceiling but anyways just a little bit of a plug there uh moving on they do plug for next week speaking of it Maximum Male Models Beachwear Collection with Maxine Dupree. So a woman is being added to the mix. And I will say, me and you crapped all over this last week. And I'm still not with it because, you know, we'll see. I mean, I will say, I mean, if I was, you know, sitting there with my, you know, arms crossed, looking away from the TV, hearing that Maxine Dupree were there, maybe make me go like that a little bit. You know, look, just because they're taking a little bit of a turn. My arms are still crossed. I'm still not with it. But I will say I was I was a little bit caught off guard by the support that Max Dupree and the Maximum Male Models got from, like, people on the mailbag. You know, WTFW, casual wrestling fan, and Kanye Twitty both put that in their fire category. Maximum male models. And I was okay. shocked. And other, you know, other people calling in as well. Even Matt, I believe he says that he was for it. And I was just like, didn't expect it. Honestly, I, I did not expect them to be, you know, behind it. But I guess whenever, see, here's the beautiful thing about the way I look at different opinions. Whenever somebody presents me with different information, I don't be stubborn and stand on my hill and say, no, this is stupid. This is, I'm not going to even give this a chance. I'll literally, I'll take the information, take into consideration. And then I'll figure out what my opinion is on it still. And I'm still not for this, but at least I can see from their perspective why they might be enjoying it. It's just because, number one, it's something different. They're given the two people who likely were inevitably going to get their walking papers one last shot to do something different, you know? So I guess I understand it from that perspective. Um, I still don't see how this is going to, you know, end up, you know, being tied to wrestling. I don't understand how it's going to lead to programs and all that stuff and, you know, what they're what their ring style would be like. But I truly feel like if, if judgment day as a faction is something that, you know, with all the potential they had, with all the hope, with all like the big names that were added to that group, if that can just be, you know, basically switched up, just called an audible really quickly. And they, you know, turn on edge, 
Rhea Ripley gets hurt, and basically now it's just you know Damian and Finn Balor. Uh, it won't take WWE anything to pull the plug on this, you know. So that's what I'm saying. It's it's tough to get really invested because like I do feel like it's going to be a matter of time before this does just flicker out, you know. Like I don't really I don't know how it's going to evolve. That's something. I mean, are they just going to come out and continue to do different like collections? Like they did the the tennis collection. Now they're doing the beachwear collection. Last week we didn't see him, so is it going to be like a every other week type thing? I mean, I, I don't really. I guess I'm just going to let it play out. That's all I could say. I'll let it play out, but just to go on record, I'm still on the side of like, what the hell are you doing? You know, L.A. Knight, who is Max Dupree, back whenever he was L.A. Knight. I feel like you could be doing a lot more with him. You know, I just feel like whether it is, even if it is just a manager role, he's somebody who on the mic and just from like a credibility standpoint, I feel like could go not, maybe not toe to toe with Paul Heyman, but damn near just as interesting. Like this is somebody who's pretty damn good on the mic. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's hard because I had that preconceived notion on it at the very beginning where I was so against it that it's going to be tough to get me to come off of that. But like I said, I'm not going to just be completely, I guess, stubborn about it. And if if something happens where, you know, they come out next week, maybe with Maxine Dupree and it's a little bit more interesting, maybe I'll, you know, change my uh, opinion on it a little bit. But for now, I'm still like, uh, I was happy that they went two weeks in a row without featuring them on SmackDown. Well, on this, man, I can't really say that I'm at least, at least getting close to like wanting this to continue. But the one thing that I saw on Twitter was all these like... Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> if y'all have Twitter and y'all are following Max Dupree, he posted all the submissions from like people that were just like randomly like putting submissions to like see if they qualified for this. And he had... Some of like the, I wouldn't even say brutal comments, but he was definitely like beeping on some of these people. And like, I don't even know, like a creative type of thinking, I guess you could say for this maximum amount models thing. But dude, some of those pictures were funny and I I just could not, I, I can't say that this kind of like brought some type of happiness out of me just to see, just to see his reaction to like, the submissions, bro. Yeah. So I mean, it, it definitely made me uh, like smile, like reading all these things. There, there was a good probably like I don't know, probably like ten that he reviewed, you know, and just like the comments were funny. So that, that that's the best thing that I could say that I got out of this. I'm not happy to or not happy for it to be like program showed, you know. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I I still can't I can't see myself following it. This Maxine Dupree thing. I guess you could say, I mean, bringing some women in is going to give me the little eyebrow raise, you know. But what if it's like uh, Elias and Ezekiel, he just comes out like dressed like a girl. Oh, my <laughs> Maxine Dupree. That would be funny. But that, I, that's, I, that's definitely going to throw me off right there. I was actually wrong, though. Uh, I said two weeks in a row without it. Last week, they presented the tennis challenge. I thought that was two weeks ago. Mm. So, yeah, I was definitely off there. So it's only one week that we haven't seen them out there, but... We're going to see them back next week, and I am intrigued just to just to see what they do. Well, my eyebrow is raised. Let me All just right. say that, but the funniest thing out of this is just the Twitter. Y'all got to yeah. check that out. Definitely hilarious. But the main event of this show, Jimmy Uso versus Angelo Dawkins with Sami Zayn on commentary. He pretty much just stays out there for uh, the, you know, from his interaction with Austin Theory, 
he just stays out there from that time he went out and he has a one-on-one match Jimmy Uso that is with Angelo Dawkins and the match itself I mean it is what it is these two teams as far as like the Street Profits and Usos they have chemistry together so whenever they go one-on-one Jimmy versus Angelo you could expect there to be some you know some pretty good points in the match but I don't feel like anything that happened in the match mattered they didn't care they were just basically killing time putting a match on to get to the ending of the match where Angelo Dawkins pinned Jimmy Uso, but his shoulder was not down. And for some reason, uh, Adam Pierce and everybody backstage was watching and they can e- immediately come out and say, Hey, they got that wrong, but they couldn't do that at money in the bank. You know, like were they not watching whenever that, whenever that happened at a, at a pay-per-view, you know? So it was kind of, it was kind of weird that I saw like, if you can see something like that and you know, the finish wasn't proper, why would you not just restart the match? You know, why would you not just say, all right, go. Like, y'all are about to fight again until somebody gets a win. You know, go mm-hmm. for another five minutes. Eventually, somebody's going to get a clean pin. But I don't know. I guess just that, uh, like, get better referees. If this has happened this common, like, are you Charles? kidding me? Well, hey, I love Charles yeah. more than anybody. I love Charles Robinson more than anyone. I will say, I even said to my roommate, ask him, well, as, as this match was going on, whenever he got hit and he was yeah. laying down there, I was like, Man, it's crazy that Charles Robinson is still doing his thing in 2022. So I do I agree. That. That's one person I know, you know. But I'm objective right now, right? <laughs> I want to see the, the the matches get called right. And if it's happening so common, find him. I right? give him a little suspension or something like that. I'm sure he needs a little vacation anyway. I mean, he's been going at it so you know for so long. But they do uh, announce it was plugged the special guest referee though for SummerSlam with the Usos and the Street Profits for the Unified Tag Team Championships. J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T-double-J, Jeff Jarrett. He is going to be the special guest referee. And, I mean, if you're a WCW guy, you definitely know Jeff Jarrett uh, like I am. And just if you watched wrestling way back in the day, you know Jeff Jarrett. I mean, he's just a very common legend, WWE Hall of Famer, and... uh he is the one who started the breaking the guitar over people's back. I believe, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure it could have been done before him. You know, I'm not a wrestling historian. You're definitely going to want to hit up Memphis Mark or Michael Gross, the gardener for that type of information. They'll be able to tell you. But as far as I know, I never saw anybody do it quite like Jeff Jarrett. So, uh, definitely glad to be seeing him. It's always good to see a familiar face. I do. And especially not in a match, you know, like I feel like had Goldberg not come back for so many main event universal championship programs, and he just came back to, you know, spear somebody every now and then, you know, like and do something like that. The fans wouldn't be crapping all over his legacy, you know, because he does have a very impressive legacy. And that's not debatable. You can argue, hey, he was in WCW, right spot at the right time. Hey, it is what it is. You know who else was at the right spot at the right time? Tom Brady. And uh, sometimes it just plays out in your favor. I feel like Goldberg had a hell of a career, and I understand he's not a wrestler right now. He shouldn't be wrestling right now. I'm not banging the table for him to come back and have universal championship matches with Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt and Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens you know that was always like I liked watching it but I was like man you know you don't want to see somebody be a shell of themselves so I'm going to look forward to watching this documentary because it is going to be the highlights it's going to be the the glory days of Goldberg whenever I was a six-year-old kid just absolutely freaking out for what WCW was doing but uh pretty much like why I said that is I feel like if he was brought back for these kind of use like this usage like Jeff Jarrett you know just Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back every now and then just to make an appearance you know I feel like it would be pretty good but to be completely honest I feel like just because it is WWE 
Goldberg never stood a shot. Like, it doesn't matter. They're always going to be like, they're always going to look at him as that attraction at the rival company back whenever WCW had, you know, WWE on the ropes. Eventually, WWE won, of course. You know, it wasn't going, it was never going to be a, a full time WCW is the best company in the world. But there was that time, that 83 weeks, where uh, Eric Bischoff and company were doing their thing. But one day we'll, uh, we'll touch on that a little bit. And we'll cover a little bit more of the pure WCW Monday Nitro era. Because I do know that you're a fan of that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just a good era of wrestling. But that was, that was. I guess with all that being said, that does do it for us here on the SmackDown Review. I'm going to give you the uh, the mic here, though. Did I miss something? Yeah, I was going to say, I do want to uh, kind of uh, top off this last match. Go ahead. What happened? Well, I just want to say I did tweet out a... Uh, can we uh, get oh, yeah. Samantha Irvin a, a safer seat? She gave me a good like. That's your and second like to receive from yeah. Samantha Irvin. So that's definitely kind of impressed. I'm kind of see if she can uh, listen to one of our shows, get it sent out to hey, some people. She clearly, she clearly reads the tweets. That's true. That's so true. all you have to do is say, hey, Samantha Irvin, we give you a shout out mm-hmm. in this podcast. Drop the link. Do. And, you know, do that. Yep. Uh, definitely do this one where I got her name right. Don't do the previous one where I accidentally oh, yeah. uh, threw the W in there. That's on me. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, anything else? Any any other oh, thing? No, but, uh, th- th- that was it, man. That was kind of like an exciting point. Like, I just tweeted that, like, right as soon as I seen it, put my phone down, you know, let it chill for about a good, like, two hours, I want to say. And then there was like a, like, I was like, I wonder who it is. And boom. It was her, so yeah, I was kind of happy about that. This is definitely something that'll make your day for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, that does do it for us here on the SmackDown review. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed SmackDown. Like we said, it wasn't necessarily a banger, but you know it is what it is. They're not always going to be bangers. Maybe next week on the wait. Next week isn't the go home show. Two weeks from uh, last night is the go home show. So then, well, you could expect a pretty good episode. Hopefully, I mean, go home shows are usually pretty exciting. But anyways, uh. Go follow Football Function. Subscribe. Uh, if you haven't already, go listen to it. I would definitely appreciate it. Definitely some good stuff out there. The Kick Ash podcast as well from Ashley Mann. That's another podcast you should definitely get into. Beyond the Mat, uh, Detroit Kyle was somebody who joined me on Football Function. He makes appearances on the Beyond the Mat podcast. So, yeah, just a lot of good content out there. Obviously, all the podcasts that you get here on the WWE podcast, the WTFW, Raw Review, Weekend Review. I do believe there is a vacancy for the NXT host. Um, so if you're an NXT fan, if you, if like, look, how I got into podcasting, how I got into doing this is Matt put out a post, right? Looking for somebody to host an AEW review, looking for somebody to host a SmackDown review right around the same time. So me and Mimi Burris are kind of like in the same class, like the same graduating class. We came like literally right around the same time. And, um, you know, I told him, Hey, I mean, I watch SmackDown every week. I have a microphone because I was trying to launch football function at the time, but didn't have the experience, didn't have the, the knowledge or the flat out talent to do it you know so um i told him hey you know i mean i got all this equipment here i got the software i have the passion for wrestling which is what you're looking for i would like to try i said send in an audition tape or whatever just basically cover smackdown tonight because it was like on a friday or something like that said, cover smackdown tonight send me it and i'll get back to you i sent him the audition about three days later he said hey the position is yours if you want it that was one of the better days in my life i will say just uh from a pure like hey i was literally like because I listened to the WWE podcast for years before that, you know, I was a three year listener and then finally got the opportunity to, to jump on here and start producing content with Matt. And it's definitely a hell of an opportunity. But if you're an NXT fan and you want to get into podcasting, I mean, I promise you it's easier than you think. As far as getting set up, you just need a computer. Number one, 
Um, I know that might be a little bit of an investment, but you know, I mean, it's 2022 computers definitely come in handy. If you don't have one, it wouldn't be a bad investment, especially if you're looking to get into con making content and then microphones, you can get a 40 to $50 one. That sounds perfectly fine. Obviously there's better ones. Prices go up more and more quality, but you can get you a very good podcasting microphone for very cheap. I mean, 40, $50 comes with them like an arm stand and all the wires and all that good stuff. But yeah, definitely. Um, if you're interested in the NXT review, definitely give Matt a little bit of a hand there because we like having all these shows covered. If there's a vacancy, it feels like there's a, a missing leg in the relay, you know, like we need to get that second leg, I guess, solidified. So if you're an NXT fan, definitely get in touch with Matt, but Tune in next week for sure. Like I said, we got some damn good stuff coming. We're going to be doing that stock up draft top five of who is going to be having a damn good 2023 and beyond. So with all that being said, John, any other plugs, any shout outs, anything before we sign off? Well, I just want to say, you know, thank you for having me another week and everything like that. And I do appreciate the uh, listeners, you know, uh, tuning in every week to make this, you know, very contentful for us and y'all at the same time, I guess you could say, you know, because gosh dang these notes are sometimes kind of crazy but yeah. i mean it is kind of hectic whenever we have like long days of work and stuff like that so yeah we definitely try to get this pumped out to y'all as quick as possible you know just so you can have your weekend weekend fulfilled with uh wrestling and everything but yeah definitely want to give a shout out football function you know check that out if you want to listen to some football content yeah. but uh other than that man happy that it's a good saturday we got the day ahead of us and See what's out there, I guess you could say. Yeah, and one other thing. One year ago today, July 16th, I was at SmackDown mm. for the um, the very first show in front of fans in Houston, Texas. And that was awesome. I mean, there were some celebrities in the section that I was in. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was definitely a pretty exciting time, to say the least. You no, know, first time getting a chance to see Pat McAfee in person. That was just, you know, mm. badass. But yeah, July 16th, 2021, I was in Houston. Some of you might remember that. I had a conversation with Matt that next night and oh my gosh i was sick as a dog like i could not breathe out of my nose at all my ears wouldn't pop from like the plane like from the flight over there it was a nightmare dude but yeah with all that being said guys have a damn good rest of your weekend thank you so much for listening tune in next week tune into all the other episodes call into the mailbag that's always some damn good content whenever we have multiple people call in uh, i love the feuds and the programs that are going on starting in discord chat i'm actually involved in one of them kind of right now so, uh, yeah, shout out to Kanye Twitty, Waste Management, WTFW Podcast. Shout out. Uh, some damn good stuff coming out over there. But, yeah, guys, have a damn good rest of your weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.